It's weird, we don't often think of the algorithm for Kickstarter, but the more and more I hear people talk about their campaigns, there still is one. I like negative feedback. I like knowing if something missed the mark. But what do you think about this as somebody who's building their channel? Really what I'm trying to do is like, hey, this is my recommendation, but it is literally geared toward if you have A, B, C, D lined up and that's all similar to me and that's why I got this. I just want to be very specific with my advice at the end of the day. This one is, it must be for you, Dan, because I can't imagine it would be for both of us. What is the longest time you've ever peed? Here's one of the final ones. This is also from James. This one's real. This is a, a heady question. Which is the worst of the seven deadly sins? Do you have a go-to worst sin straight away? have entered the create unknown. Uh, I'm Matt Tabor. I'm usually here with with Kevin Lieber, but I have a little bit of news. There are a lot of options and I kind of want I want everybody listening live to choose the option that they think is reality. Um, Kevin has been in prison in the past for sardine fishing, illegal sardine fishing. Uh, is he back in in sardine prison? Uh, have I finally killed him to wear his skin and pretend to just live his life until I'm found out. That's a valid option. Uh, is it is it A or is it B? It's it's not either of those two things. But oh, that's the third one. If you haven't seen his latest Vsauce two video about whether a tooth uh, toothpaste sandwich can actually brush your teeth as you eat it, uh, there's a point in it uh, when we talk about tooth whiteners. He talks about tooth whiteners uh, where. Uh, it's about, uh, the Romans using urine, the ammonia and urine to whiten, te whiten teeth. And he, he drinks what appears to be urine. It's actually apple juice, but let's say he got, he got pee poisoning. That's a good C option, isn't it? So he's back in sardine jail. He is, uh, a victim of a terrible crime for me, or he's succumbed to pee poisoning, A, B, or C. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, we just, just uh, had a thing where Kevin had to skip out minutes ago. And I mean minutes. One of those like non-emergency emergencies, something you've got to deal with straight away, but isn't like life-threatening or anything. So that means I am with Dan Yoshua, who has uh, worked with us on the production side for a while now. Like, what has it been? Six months? I think since August. Yeah, maybe more than six months. And uh, I wanted Dan to jump in and and talk to everybody with me here, which that's the format today. The format is going to be uh, uh, talking with the episode chat. We got a few things to discuss. We got a few things uh, YouTube related to discuss, but then we're going to roll with it. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, but uh, uh, Dan is, is awesome here because he really has lived out a lot of the things that we have talked about where... He wanted to go independent on uh, on the creativity side, you know, and has been through a little bit of a journey on that in six months. So, so Dan, what what has that path been? Sure. And the first time I talked to Kevin, uh, remember that life emergency that was non-threatening that put me on the spot? Uh, yeah, thanks for that, yeah. uh, <laughs> is what I'll be yeah. saying to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think I started with you guys before I had quit my day job, kind of a nights and weekends thing. Um by, by schooling, 
by trade, I'm a data analyst and did that for about seven years. And at some point, I wanted to jump pretty strongly into the creative stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously 2020 was a weird year for everybody. Um, And it's kind of a weird year to take a jump from, you know, a full-time job that I was able, you know, fortunate enough to have in December still. Um, But then to step away from that, it just was kind of the right time for me. I had been thinking about doing this for a long time. And, um, you know, at at some point I had enough saved and squirreled away that it was time to give it a try with a couple couple part-time gigs that I had. And I felt like I had a couple months runway where I could give it a go. Yeah, that's cool. It's a lot like what uh, Sumet said, uh, Sumetto Media, back when we talked to him, where it's like, yeah, he had a good job. He was good at his job. Uh, He didn't, you know, really hate his job to the point where it was driving him insane. He just wanted to do something else. And so he took, you know, he did that for years. He got a little money together, uh, waited until he was in a position where he could make a good run at it. And and then... Well, he tried to quit and, and wasn't able to. They, <laughs> they kept extending his quit date, uh, but he's finally out now. Uh, but that's that's a good way to play it. And uh, specifically, what are the the kind of verticals that you're focusing on? Because media is a big place. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, primarily photography, um, but okay. more and more so, I make some of that freelance money through podcasting. And so just this month picked up a few others, you know, now that I'm non-exclusive TCU, I hate to break that on the air here. Uh, I didn't actually know this. Yeah, I know. Surprise. It's it's a mix of mix of (laughs) excitement and betrayal. Yeah. Um, It turns out helping on podcasts is a really great way to get into kind of anything creative, right? It's if you're not involved with the production, it's largely remote. Um, And so that's a great benefit to be able to mix that around, you know, on-site photography, for instance, or, or just to, to do that on the side as you're doing your full-time role before you make that transition. Um, so that's why it was super awesome to help you guys out and why it's going to be super awesome continuing to pick up that type of work for me, at least. Yeah. And Ben, producer, uh, Ben, who does uh, all the, the editing and stuff now, um, He's he's honestly got a really similar story where it's like, yeah, you help some people out. You do a few things. It works out. You do more. Uh, you do more. And eventually, you know, you've got a, a, a good thing rolling. And you guys are in two very different places in life. He's, he's quite a bit younger. Yeah, but it's he's paid eight off years ahead of tremendously. me. <laughs> in a way, he is. And that has its own pluses and minuses. But it's paid off for him just tremendously with like gaudy shocking financial aid for university. I can imagine. It should be illegal for somebody to be awarded that much money on their merit. Uh, But he has done it successfully. And and yeah, it's just cool to see so many people we know, whether they are uh, infants, toddlers like like Ben, uh, somebody who's in the middle of things like you are, somebody like Sailing Doodles, who is our age, uh, you know, quite a bit uh, further in the game uh, make the switch like uh, food for dogs. You know, yeah. I don't know how uh, exactly how old Britta is. I just know she's older than us, uh, but she certainly had like 30, 40 years of solid career before she made the switch. So truly from, from uh, that should be the title of our create unknown book is like creativity from fetus to grave. <laughs> Like everything in between those two bounds is perfectly valid. Where do I reserve my copy and will you sign it? 
<laughs> I will. I bet, I bet Kevin declines that one. He'll, he'll, he'll be too he skips that book signing. To put his name on those. <laughs> yeah. He, he uh, has an urgent, is, non-life-threatening if, <laughs> emergency that day. Yeah. Uh, this is your inflection point if you're listening, though. If you're live, too. This is the point at which you decide. Are you a listener of the Create Unknown? Are you a fan of the Create Unknown? Or are you just here for the international wanted criminal, Kevin Lieber of Vsauce 2? This will determine whether you continue or not. So choose wisely. We hope to see you at the end of this. And I think what we need to start is Andrew Bowser. We, he was the last episode we released because we, we had to take a week off. Um, we talked Kickstarter with him. And I will be honest, when we talked to him, it was around 348000 out of the 500000 he needed. He had about 10 days to go. And I was skeptical that he was going to make it because that's a lot of money to, to make in 10 days. Um, you know, he has a big audience. He knows a lot of people, but he's not, you know, uh, PewDiePie in that he can activate 100 million nine-year-olds uh, overnight. Uh, well, he crushed it. And with... Like six days to go, people came out of the woodwork uh, from big donors to small donors. A lot of people in the Discord donated. Um, I know uh, Tom Videogre was the first. Uh, I forget who just did a day ago. They got in close to the end. I did, Kevin did, Jake Vsauce 3 did. Um, but yeah, he made it. He's over 500,000. That movie is going to happen. He's got his stretch goals. Dan, did you... Did you think as we were talking about it with him, because you were listening in live. I was. What, what did you think was going to happen? Be honest, too. <laughs> like, if you thought he wasn't going to make it, you can say he wasn't going to make it. I, so researching ahead of that episode was the first time that I was kind of introduced to him and Onyx and that whole thing. And so I think, you know, frankly, that's part of the reason I love working with the show good- is because I get exposure to all these um, wonderful creators that I haven't that I'm kind of on the periphery of when I'm doing kind yeah. of my photography and video stuff. Um, yeah. And then that's a big goal on Kickstarter or, you know, any fundraising effort. But on Kickstarter, that's even yeah. my Kickstarter standard. That's a big goal. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I had at that point a feeling one way or the other, but I knew enough to say to myself, that's, you know, he's close and it's going to be tight. Yeah. And then he had that if monster said, day. Yeah. I, it, was it? Maybe the Monday after we recorded, it was just absolute bananas for him. 100,000 in a day or something? Was it the Monday? It was a Monday or I feel like it was the Wednesday um, because it it definitely was the day after we released the episode to patrons, which I'm not saying there's a correlation there. I'm not saying the patrons of the Create Unknown raised $150,000 for Andrew Bowser overnight, but I'm not saying it didn't happen either. But, but you're not, not saying it. I understand. That, that's right. I'm just saying, isn't it a coincidence that these two things happened in tandem? Um, but yeah, if he was at 450 when we talked to him, then I'd be like, hey, 90% of the way there, final stretch, this is definitely going to happen. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's exciting. You know, we talked about Kickstarters with Rusty Cage. You know, he's done them on... Uh, his Requiem for the Crazies series. And uh, his goal, I think, was 10000 for this latest one, which he explained in the episode that that wasn't actually where it needed to be. He just wanted to successfully fund it and have a high percentage because then it will boost him on Kickstarter to, to be like 250% funded, you know? I've heard um, more of that recently, that that's kind of... It's, it's weird. We don't often think of 
the out al- the algorithm for Kickstarter. Um, yeah. But the more and more I hear people talk about their campaigns, there still is one, right? And it's it's hitting that front page. And apparently, that's one of the better ways to do it is to get set that lower goal than what you need, which to me is inherently a little bit risky because on Kickstarter, if it's funded, it's it funded. And so it would be it <laughs> would be deliver, awfully yeah. weird to go back to your to your Kickstarter backers and say we you know we hit our goal and we're only you know halfway there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, You're right about the Kickstarter science, though. That's definitely a, a massively important thing. There are uh, places yeah. that specialize in it. I actually went to uh, Yerevan in Armenia uh, for a few weeks in 2019 before. Uh, before at COVID and uh, spent a few weeks with a group there that that's what they do. They run crowdfunding campaigns worldwide and they're very, very good at it. They, uh, yeah, they get products funded that are kind of wild. They had an electric bike that was quite different than what's on the market now. That was just getting funded. Uh, then some of the little things, you know, like household items that are cool, that need a thousand orders to go into production. Sure. They did it all. And since since we're talking about correlations, I want to tell you that when I was there, I was um, I was there at the same time as Kim Kardashian. We were at the same event. Uh, she's uh, Armenian by heritage, and so she was uh, going to talk at this event. I was in the same room with Kim Kardashian, and we made eye contact for probably a, se- a few thousandths of a second. Not and that you were keeping track. Then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I measured it as closely as I could, but. Then, you know, 18 months later, it seems that she's separating from Kanye. I'm not saying these two things are correlated, but I'm not not saying it. Right. No, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 gazing upon you as we speak. I, I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's great to have talked to a couple people now. Very recently, you know, Rusty was episode 81 ish plus or minus, right? Yeah, I, sh- I should know. I should be able to pull that up. But <laughs> chat is doubting me. We have Tabor officially delusional. It hurts to read this. That's it cool. hurts even more to have to say it into wow. the mic. But here we are. Um, yeah, it's cool that we've talked to people recently who. Oh, wow. 75. Not to interrupt. 75. You were off by a little bit there. Episode 75. Oh, wow. It was that long ago. Yeah. Oh, well, he funded successfully by a lot. Andrew has. It's awesome. I'm sure. We're going to talk to somebody soon enough who's got one going, uh, and I like their chances. Uh, have you have you contributed to Kickstarters in the past or GoFundMe's or anything like that? I have. I've actually uh, Indiegogo. That's what I'm talking about. Not GoFundMe. Indiegogo. I've done Kickstarter Indiegogo. Um, my brother and I actually ran a Kickstarter toward the end of my college days. It's very very tiny about? for. Um, kind of to fund some software apps. We were into some indie game making for iOS and Android. And we set a goal, I think, of like a thousand bucks. And it was largely friends and family, um, but we made it. And that's how we, you know, funded our LLC for the next three years uh, while we continued to make zero dollars. Yeah, but you didn't have to pay for those uh, filing fees. Like that's significant. And in those days, you know, you're in college, you, you can't, you don't have that kind of spare cash necessarily. Some no. people do, but we certainly didn't. And because of that, I tried to make an effort. You know, if any of my friends or even acquaintances are, are running stuff like that, I try to chip in, mm-hmm. even if it's on the lowest tier, like, oh, thank you. Because I just remember, you know, there's so much pressure that that hits the goal 
And it was so cool that we did. And even knowing that, you know, we didn't have a whole bunch of randos funding the thing. It was like, okay, um, either way, we're just pumped that we get to continue this without having to, you know, save up and and blow a ton of money on it. So I try. It's I think it's a great, great platform. Even a dollar or two carries juice, like you said, with, uh, you know, the boost uh, on the website with the algorithm there. That's awesome. It's huge on the confidence of the people doing it. You know, you think about it with with the create unknown, uh, the uh, two dollar tots, you know, like nobody's paying their mortgage or office rent with with two dollars. At the same time, it is a tremendous, tremendous boost to how you feel about the project, to your motivation for doing it, and all those little contributions add up. So I, I like it. If you see a thing that you enjoy, yeah, $2 to Andrew Bowser is not getting him really close to 500000 when he needs right. 150000 but it absolutely matters whether it's in that algorithm, whether it's a confidence thing, and you can also feel good about, about uh, the stuff you're doing. Uh, I totally forgot that... Um, a guy I know, TJ Nelson, uh, funded a documentary that's now on Amazon. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. So TJ put his uh, documentary up there, The Last Stop. Um, let's see. Let's see how the ratings are going because it was, yeah, 4.1271 reviews oh, about wow. the Alon School. But yeah, he, he had this community that wanted a film made. He put it up there. Those people wanted to see that project happen, and they made it happen. It's an exceptional documentary. Um, yeah, it's just great to see these things funded. So congratulations, Andrew Bowser. Congratulations to Onyx the Fortuitous. And we look forward to seeing this movie. Perhaps they what, uh, come back on before the release. Oh, I don't know. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. And maybe even when... When the pre-release drops, if it's available, you know, that, that people could get uh, uh, their hands on a stream, you know, pre-sale kind of thing. That's cool. I like it. Uh, I'll tell you what I dislike. Hit me. It's a button. It's called the dislike button. Did you did you see what happened on YouTube with this dislike button? I have seen. I haven't checked my own account. As far as I understood, they were rolling that out slowly, potentially. Yeah, it's in some beta beta kind of thing um i don't know who's got it and who doesn't but yeah you've got you've got a channel and likes and dislikes matter that's generous but thank you oh (laughs) it's growing quite quickly like being able to see this from zero on the way up uh your pace is enviable uh so we'll pop that link in the description it's too bad tom isn't here right now to link it in the episode chat um, but don't worry. But yeah, I have it on my control uh, so V. YouTube. It's what lives on my, on my clipboard all day. <laughs> <laughs> you have it tattooed on the side of your neck so you can just pull your shirt down and show people. Yeah. Um, so right. YouTube, they say that for the mental well-being of creators due to years of feedback about this, they will be removing the, the dislike button from videos. But it's unclear what's happening. If that's, or no, sorry, the dislike button is there. The count of dislikes is what won't show. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that nuance. Yeah. yeah. So if your video has uh, 10,000 likes and 4,000 dislikes, we, the audience, will only see those 10,000 likes. I don't know if you'll be able to see the dislikes in the dashboard, but publicly, 
you won't be able to see them. Andy in the episode chat asks the number one question here is how are we supposed to dislike YouTube rewind? <laughs> you know, that's kind of what did it. Uh, we even did an episode on that in the early days. Like was that 2018? That might've been 2018. Oh, that's an eternity um, ago. Yeah. It was like in the teens in episode numbers. Yeah, Dan the Latch says 2018 uh, about the YouTube rewind. What's next for them? Well, we kind of we kind of hypothesized that this kind of thing would happen, um, but we're in a, a different spot than than you are, right? And I say we as as in Vsauce to the Vsauce channels, channels like that. I like negative feedback. I like knowing if something missed the mark. Uh, if a substantial percentage of the audience dislikes something. I, I like being able to quantify that. It's a really important thing to take back into your process. But that's a different position than somebody who is kind of early in the game. Somebody like you, Dan. Uh, what what do you think about this as somebody who's building their channel? I'm a little bit upset. Well. I should, that's too early to say that I'm upset. I would hope that you can see that within the creator studio. And okay. So you want to know, I, I want that feedback because, you know, I know some people I'm sure that are larger get videos that just get ganged up on, right? At some point that dislike yeah. starts to just, <laughs> it's a ticker that you can't stop. I get that. And I imagine that that could be, and would be at some point tough mentally just to kind of reconcile right so like that's not lost on me but i'm like you i want to know that if this video isn't hitting the mark you know what's happening there on the dislike counter but it's it's yeah. also weird because if a video completely misses it's just going to get killed it's not even going to get shown to the point where it would get dislikes so in my mind it's like True. if you are racking up many dislikes it's because it's getting shown to people and it's getting shown to people because YouTube knows that people are watching it for a given duration. So it is intriguing in that respect. Um, I would be, as a data analyst by trade, I would be super interested to see like aggregate data from YouTube, what happens percentage-wise to dislikes moving forward based on this move. Like I wish I could be the product manager behind the choice to change that and see how that percentage changes across videos. That's kind of my take. Um, but it'll be neat to see kind of reactions. Like I haven't dug too deeply into this in terms of reading about the change, but I'd be interested to see how other people feel. Do you have an early sense There's, yourself? Like are people celebrating uh, this or kind of torn or? It's tough for me because I, you know, I don't follow a totally broad range of people on, on places like Twitter. It's, it's pretty narrow. It's um, people relevant to Vsauce stuff. It's people in the Create Unknown community. Right. And then it's, it's just people I'm, I happen to be friends with or whose content I like. Well, that heavily biases everything, you know, to funnel right, <laughs> into like palatable things for Matthew Tabor. <laughs> this is not <laughs> a broad cross-section. Uh, so the people I know overwhelmingly thought this sucked. You know, Rusty Cage had uh, a tweet about it that, <laughs> that Team YouTube actually replied to. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a very good one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's unclear what is going to happen here, whether it's going to slam that data in your face in the studio anyway. Um, people do get, they get piled on. They're engineered. Yeah 
group dislikes that happen to people for really bizarre reasons. Not so much in the educational community, not so much in the podcast community. We don't, you know, we're a little bit insulated from that kind of thing. Does it happen in the makeup and beauty community? Yeah. It's all over drama and commentary and all that stuff, which you'd almost expect. Right. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you who had a really good take on this. Um, Jabril's, who mm. was on with Kevin uh, on stereo. And by the way, all the people in the Create Unknown community who came out for the stereo conversations, it's a really cool platform where you can ask audio questions live. And Kevin really liked piping people in to do that. And some of you guys asked shockingly good questions. Well, the first one he did was with Jabril's. So Jabril's tweeted that he's, you know, he's somebody who learned to code online and learned a lot of those types of things online. When he was looking for tutorials, it was incredibly useful for him to see the amount of dislikes on a tutorial. If it had 700 likes and 1,200 dislikes, he's not going to choose that one. He knows that it's probably not what he wants. Uh, that was that was really interesting because I hadn't thought in in terms of something like selecting tutorials, selecting something uh, that's authoritative. You know, let's say it's a history video. Well, if it's completely wrong, it might have a whole bunch of dislikes. Uh, so, yeah, it, it can open up abuse, possible abuse. That sucks. I'm glad that those people can have something done about it. But it really removes a piece of authority that's a testament to your content being good uh, and your content being useful. Um, seeing that ratio of people who enjoy a thing versus do not enjoy a thing. Uh, that's pretty big. And uh, people in the episode chat, I see Jeff uh, says that hiding the dislikes is dumb. You guys, seriously, weigh in on this. We want to read it out. We want to know what you think on it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dan, you're a data guy. I can see why you would want to take any and all data to to use and improve and, and make actionable. Yeah, and I, another thing I'll add is you know, if I had that omniscient point of view where I could see how some of those aggregate data trends changed, I would love to see what happens with the volume of comments following this on any particular video. Because I know comments, at least on the mobile yeah. experience, and this would be, you know, a great question just to ask you. Oh. For me, when I'm on YouTube, I am strictly watching it on the computer. It's 95% of my consumption is on... Yeah, is on the big screen. I, I rarely watch sure. on my phone. And, you know, while I start to try and create more, I even watch less. But on the mobile experience, comments are pretty tucked away. So, oh, yeah, you got to like solve a puzzle yeah. to get them to display. <laughs> you got to enter your password, you got to unlock the key. And as much as I want to see the dislikes as a creator, I can only do so much with those. I have to do a lot of guessing about why I think that particular video was disliked. I don't necessarily have actionable feedback. A comment, that qualitative data, is typically more valuable. And I'm at the size, obviously, where I can read through all of them if I wanted to. And I do because it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a handful per video. It's nothing crazy. And so I can yeah. do that, that, you know, quote, aggregation in my head when I get, you know, negative or constructive sure. comments. <laughs> I, you know, I can roll that up to a general sense in my mind and I know what to improve or I don't want to say that I necessarily take every comment to heart. 
I know what I could improve if I were to evaluate that feedback as hitting home with me, right? Uh, careful to make that sure. differentiation, but I would... Yeah, it would, can help you rank those things, like prioritize the things that you improve too. Of course. So it would be cool for me, or or I, it would, I would like to see other small creators get more comments coming out of this change. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not convinced that will necessarily be the case, but that would be cool to see, I think. I have a question for you on this. If you're taking away the ability to show your public disapproval of something via the dislike button, are they just driving more people to leave critical shitty comments? That, that it's is the a only great recourse, yeah. the only way you can express your your uh, displeasure at the accuracy of a video or, you know, whatever somebody said. All you could do now is leave them a comment telling them explicitly why they suck. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> How is that better? How is that better for the mental health of creators? <laughs> I'm showing a number like 782. I will say, like, I overwhelmingly have positive comments, and that's because my audience is so small, and I'm doing like lens reviews and like <laughs> showing off my pictures. Yeah. Like, you can only say so many damaging <laughs> things, or if you did, like, I would know not to take that to heart. I, I do worry that is a great point. I think because if someone's putting out stuff that's a little bit more personal. And you're going to get a lot more critical kind of knucklehead comments, you know, from that person, from that archetype of person that expects free content, you know, just to consume all day long and reply negatively to. I I think that could be a problem. And I I think that's why I would love to see YouTube kind of report out on what they find with this. You know, I don't expect them to, but that would be cool as a data analyst. Yeah, they don't release a whole lot of data on this stuff because they don't want people, you know, gaming a thing. Yeah. But, but let's make this highly specific, okay? And, and I actually thought of something that you could potentially make a video on and that I know enough about to pose the scenario to you. So a very popular lens for Canon cameras is uh, one that Dan and I were talking about a couple weeks ago, the 50 millimeter Nifty 50. Mm. It's about a hundred bucks. It's a great lens for the money. You could do a lot of things with it. Uh, people really like this lens uh, when they're they're getting started because they can dip their toe in uh, into lenses without spending you know a thousand dollars on some monstrous thing. So Dan, let's say you make a video that is about how the Canon Nifty Fifty is overhyped. Don't waste your money on it. It's stupid to celebrate this thing. Uh, I disagree with that. I, two weeks ago, I can click dislike on the video. Now, what what happens? I'm forced to leave a comment saying, you don't know what you're talking about. You, you're not an expert on these things. You're stupid in 17 different ways. Um, how's that, how's that feel? All you wanted to do was, was tell the truth about a lens. In that case, you know, I, I think I'd reply to that comment with something like, oh, you, you only found out 17 ways in which I'm stupid. <laughs> Tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's you know. kind of the best you can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the snarky response if you, if you want to do something like that. But in that, in that specific yeah. scenario, that opens a dialogue for me, like as a creator, why do you think this lens is so shitty and what makes you, th- and why do you immediately jump to, you know, the next step up the, the 50 millimeter F 1.2, which costs, you know, 20 times as much, um, at least it's specific. You know, I guess I, I still don't mind that yeah. comment in that scenario, but I like that. I like that approach where even 
if they're driving a dislike to uh, to become a, a rotten comment. That's still an opportunity to engage and pull some value. And you've got to remember, like people online, whether it's a tweet with replies, whether it's a Facebook post, Instagram photo, YouTube video, the exchanges and the comments are not actually about the commenter. They're about the many, many more people who are witnessing and reading the exchange than they are about the one person involved. Uh, that's that's absolutely critical. So, uh, like, I, I used to do uh, some policy back and forth. This is boring, so I won't go into it. But it was never about arguing with the, the person who liked the other position. It's not that. It's, you know, you're making your case to the 50 people who are going to read it. Not, not the one ding-dong who's on the other side of the thing. That is a great point. And, like, if if we care to spend any more minutes on diving into, like, the specific of lenses, I did have a comment recently. You know, I reviewed one of Canon's new, like, budget super telephoto lenses, right? And so... Okay, it, and what is budget? Like, like for the people who have only a thin sense of this, So what are we talking? Budget, in this case, I think the new price is maybe 800 bucks. But it's it's like oh, what is not budget then? <laughs> the budget is the, is the nifty fifty. <laughs> not <Okay>. not <laughs> non budget would be so for a lens that would shoot as far with and give you the equivalent reach. A non budget lens would literally cost thousands of dollars. You know, think price of a okay. a used car. Okay. Um, and so Canon did this thing where so ninety percent off is uh, a hell of a jump down. Sure, and the. Yeah like the biggest professionals that are shooting action sports or wildlife with that same focal range, they're not using this, you know, quote, budget lens. And so, you know, one of those people commented like, ah, you know, this isn't great for me. It doesn't let in enough light. I'm not going to be able to capture action fast enough. And I totally understand that. But they were kind of trashing it on the basis that it wouldn't work for them. But really what I want to show in my reply to that comment is like, you know, I totally understand. I get it. You're at a different place. Then who, you know, first, who I'm trying to make this video for, and second, who is ending up buying this lens? If you're buying a $4,500 long range lens, you're not really interested in their $800 offering. It's just two separate audiences. But like, it was weird because that lens specifically got a lot of hate. And I'm not sure why, you know, I think those professionals might have felt threatened, maybe isn't the best word, but you know, it's just an offering that opens up that long range shooting for more people. And I, I think it was accepted by the community in the wrong way. And so I got like a little bit of that on that video. Um, but to your point, my response, I want to make it specific enough so that people know the context in which I'm replying and not, okay. you know, so they can make their decision based on that context and not just a broad piece of advice. That makes sense. And it reminds me of the things that I encountered when I was looking for a car. Today in the baby gang, we were talking about tires. A bunch of people like Jeff and Conrad and a couple of people know quite a bit about cars. Isaac is looking for a new car. I just got one. Andy knows cars very well uh, also. So, but when I was looking in forums and stuff like that, I had a Honda Civic. It was very simple. Uh, it was, you know, rel- relatively inexpensive no frills at all. Uh, it eventually died. This happens. I, I ran the thing into a natural, normal death. Well, I needed something new. And it was the same type of feedback where people are like, oh, this, you know, the performance on this thing is amazing. And I'm like, come on, I I have to drive on like dirt roads and go 25 miles an hour. When I go 
you know, I, I go into town now and again, like literally like seven times a year I go into town. What I need a car for is like to go to my parents' house and then drive to and from airports, which when life is normal, I do that a lot. Right. You know, if a flight is cheap uh, in uh, Boston or Newark or Toronto or Montreal or Buffalo or uh, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, uh, that's, you know, going to be a substantial drive to get there. Well, that's what I need a car for. I'm not zipping around. I'm not uh, hauling things. Uh, and and people don't seem to understand that the selling points to one person may not matter to the other. And the limitations, like in the case of this lens, the limitations very well may not factor in <laughs> to, <laughs> to somebody else, you know, who's a bit more casual or has different needs. Yeah, that's I feel like that's a big theme on the Internet and providing advice. And I feel like in the you know, quote, influencer economy, a little bit of that has been lost because, you know, for some people there's benefit in, you know, providing recommendations for mass audiences. But really what I'm trying to do is like, hey, this is my recommendation, but it is literally geared toward, you know, if you have, I don't know, A, B, C, D lined up and that's all similar to me and that's why I got this. I don't want to ever Mm -hmm. like provide any... I just want to be very specific with my advice at the end of the day. And I, I think like yeah. generally parts of, I don't know, the internet has gotten away from that. It's very important, I think, as consumers and just content consumers to recognize that advice is highly specific or should be, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the name of the game, though, is is figuring out what somebody needs. And like, I'm not trying to get too meta on this, but this is the basis of of pretty much all education is uh, to to be able to teach somebody something effectively and develop them effectively. You need to know who they are, how they operate, and what they want. Um, If it's a technical thing, like let's say it's algebra, well, yeah, I can probably get away with uh, like a 200-person lecture hall, and if you follow along, you're going to come out of it knowing algebra. That's fine. But for most other things that are beyond kind of an intro level, you really have to cater it to somebody's needs. Right. Um, it's it's like that with like giving analysis and advice to people who ask about you know how do I develop a YouTube channel? Well, who are you? You know what what is your your stuff about here? Um, I I actually did this uh, fairly recently, and I want to make sure that I don't dox anybody, um, but. Uh, somebody who wanted to get into in, in the create unknown community, we're talking on discord, wanted to get into the types of stuff that, uh, that I do with Vsauce to that you Dan do with apparently the multiple pod, many, many podcasts you're sleeping around with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I see. Uh, and we had a conversation and honestly, uh, the place you start is seemingly irrelevant things like, Kind of, what are your interests? Uh, what kind of music do you like? Uh, what books do you like? These things, it sounds crazy, but these things reveal uh, stuff about you that makes it easier to give advice that fits. Uh, we, through this conversation, kind of revealed that this is somebody who values and likes uh, kind of order and structure, right? Right. Um other people are the complete opposite of that. Like they're allergic to, 
you know, here are the five steps that you need to take. Well, that would be wrong for a lot of people. Probably a better fit for this guy. Uh, but yeah, this stuff is critical to making progress on everything from a conversation to uh, to making a video stick with its audience. And, and that's really what people don't try to do, whether it's a forum or a Twitter thread or anything else. Like, no, I'm just going to ram my perspective down your throat and not think for a second about your circumstances or why you might value this thing differently. <laughs> right. I, part of that, yeah, I, I think, think is maybe a, a good call is part of that laziness. Like the good answer to provide the context is much longer. Generally, I find. Say that again. Uh, I cut out for a second. For I think part of that might be laziness, kind of that shotgun approach. Right. Because mm. I, to provide that good yeah. context, appropriate answer is typically I know some of my comments can can look like a storybook and <laughs> like or like if I'm giving right. friends or family advice on something, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, this is really starting to get to be a lengthy response. Um, but I feel like sometimes that is yeah. the response that's needed. Um, and maybe and maybe some parts of the Internet allow for that better than others. Uh, a tweet, you know, if you're constrained yeah. to some characters, maybe not. Um, it does reveal the in- tends to reveal the intentions of the person engaging, though. You know, True. if they go out of their way to do that, they're like, yeah, maybe you write a novel to answer a question. But at the same time, it becomes very clear that you're sincere about wanting to understand what's going on. Sure. You're sincere about wanting the other person to understand what you're thinking. Um, that's 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 a big thing. Uh, and I think most people just kind of are interested in doing that. They want to, they just want to have uh, fun and, you know, criticize a thing or fist pump over a thing, whatever it is. Right. And yeah, this could be an episode because I look through the chat right now and uh, uh, micro speen is typing. And I know this is a huge factor in how people talk about music. You know, he uh, made the intro uh, for this podcast. It makes a range of different types of music. Uh, I'd love to be able to probe somebody about the conver- uh, the conversation, like the tone of music criticism, because I have a sense that it's very similar to what we're talking about. Yeah, probably. Microspeen is 25. So, oh, he is 25, and that is the segue I was about to make, not with Microspeen being 25. But you know, when we threw you in to this trial by fire, I said that I was, I was probably going to make you uncomfortable once or twice. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I, I don't. No, no, you, you, <laughs> yes, you've I recall this. purged it from I your system. This. So I'm about to do that. We, as a create unknown community, we need to talk about a phenomenon that I don't understand. Um, so I'm trying to think exactly who this started with. I think it started with Monahem. About two weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, uh, Monahem had a birthday. Very nice. Very, congratulations, Monahem. Uh, happy to celebrate your birthday. Then something happened. We got a string of baby gang, uh, dumpster crew, uh, just Discord server birthdays that is statistically strange. Um, it's shocking. Tom Videoger just had one. Uh, Grinning Reaper, I believe, has one tomorrow, if I read that right. Uh, Jeff had one a couple weeks ago as well. I think... Isaac had one uh, recently. Dojangles, she's got hers in a week. Um, who else? We had so many. Puff, I think, is tomorrow. Ben, uh, Ben had his his birthday uh, last week. It's 
it's almost impossible to keep track of it. Like, and I bring this up because this is something we've thought about having made a video on birthday coincidences in the birthday paradox. That's actually the origin of, of the baby gang and the baby themed, uh, uh, patron levels and discord ranks and everything is it so yeah yeah yeah. we were in a meeting uh and Spine actually asked this earlier um yeah the question is like what are the odds that a room full of x number of people share you know two people share the same birthday in it and it's surprisingly high i think it's about 23 people before there's a 50 percent chance that two of them share a birthday you'd think it would have to be many many yeah. more uh, once you get around to about 70, it is almost a s- statistical certainty that two of them share. Um, so, no, I, I've put like literally weeks of thought into how this works and the math behind it. And this is absolutely a statistical aberration with this number of birthdays centered around the very end of March, the very beginning of April. So I started to think, well, well, what happens nine months before that? Because we know what we we know how babies are made. And if you don't, that's something you can Google. I do it in incognito mode, but but you can Google how babies are made. Uh, they take about nine months to load properly. Load. This means all these people are going back to about roughly the 4th of July. That that might explain something. 4th of July hot dog cookouts getting getting crazy um, for the U.S. people. But it doesn't explain Puff. It doesn't. He's he's German. It doesn't explain uh, Tom Videoger, who's Australian. We have plenty of people who have no reason to celebrate the Fourth of July. So my question to you, Dan, is: What are the parents of Create Unknown listeners doing on the Fourth of July weekend that makes this happen? Oh, that is tough. It's almost as if there's an answer here, and I need to know what it is. It's almost as if they're. Uh... <laughs> The stork is flying overhead and they're they're giving it a little uh, a sip or two of the the alcoholic beverages and the stork is just getting wild, right? That's what I'm seeing in my incognito mode here. So we have so it's possible here that that uh, and and by the way, people who are listening live, you're in episode chat, give us your theories on why this happens. Sheep says that mama put on an American flag bikini and it was inevitable. Oh, it's it's possible. I like the stork theory that it's sort of like, you know, Santa must have an optimal path to reach all those houses in one night. Maybe the create unknown has discovered where where the stork is mid year. Is that possible? Chinchilla is just saying the summer is uh, is wild. It's just the the but it's not summer in Australia. You know, like the seasons are swapped. So. You know, you can't say like, oh, it's, it's, you know, the peak summer and it's hot and wild. Well, maybe it is. And I'll tell you the truth for people in places like the Northeast, it is miserable at that point in the summer. The humidity is high. Nobody has central air. Life sucks. You don't want to be within 10 feet of someone, let alone baby making. When you say no one has central air. Well, I guess some people do. I've I've seen it on... (laughs) on tv but <laughs> air conditioning in the summer I, for me i hear that i hear that it's a thing that people have so for me I, I live in a somewhat windy area and that means that i can open up the windows on two sides of the house and it makes a, a cross breeze through the middle and that's kind of the best i can do dan the latch has central air i know he's up in our quadrant you must 
because you, you're talking about it like everybody's got it. I, I'm, I'm basking in it right now, you know. <sighs> wait, wait, you have the air conditioning on or you have heat on? Yeah, I have the air conditioning on right now. It got a little balmy today. It's uh, hot enough. I'm on the fourth floor. It gets a little. Know. It gets a little warm. Oh, okay, <laughs> you know I'm that makes trying difference. to celebrate yeah. my no, first that's... first appearance on the on the audio track here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Treat fair. myself to a nice um, even seventy two. <laughs> it doesn't run. Oh my! God. It doesn't run that yeah. hard during this time of year at all. It horrifies me if if I'm in a spot that is that warm. I think I've said this. Uh, talking to people in the baby gang. So I, I keep my house at 58 oh in the my. winter um, because I found out that right when you go below about 58, that's when your fingers start to kind of constrict. Like it's hard to type is what I'm getting at. I need to be able to type. I can always, uh, I can always put on a sweater. You know, I, it's much harder to strip down, um, but I can always put on sweater and lined pants and all that. So yeah, I can keep it cold. Uh, but yeah, optimal for me, like when I go to a hotel room, they usually have a bottom limit. I don't know if people know this. They probably haven't tried to go that low. But like in Las Vegas, I'm in hotels quite a lot. And I'm sure the limit yeah, most on the of bottom them end is pretty high there. 65. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't get below 65. And that's okay. I always set something to an even number or a... Uh, uh, multiple of five, like the, the <laughs> dial on the radio in the car or something like that. Like this will never be at 17. Um, it, it's going to be 15, 16, 18 or 20. It's just a thing, you know? So I like, I'm not going to set, I, I'd like to set to 64, but I can accept 65 because it's a multiple of five. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I think I've just revealed, <laughs> even though Kevin isn't here, I think I've just revealed what his life of working with me is actually like. <laughs> He can confirm next time. Yeah, that's, I hear you. No, you, there's no reason to chill on those uh, super uneven numbers. And that is a, a fairly high no. lower limit, I guess, for uh, no. that region. It makes sense. But if, yeah, if you're someone who needs it colder, that's that's not going to help you that much. No, and I do understand their logic because people do, they, they can sometimes go two days or more without going back to their room in a place like Las Vegas. Yeah. So what's somebody going to do? Set it down to 60 and then take off for three days. Like this is insane. Uh, and almost all the rooms have massive windows. Insulation is not top notch, uh, in most of those hotels, the way it would be elsewhere. So I, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Okay. So we took a 60 second break. We asked for questions, statements, topics. It may have been a mistake. We have so many pinned comments here that, that we came back to. Uh, but, but let me see. So origins of the baby gang. Um, I, I want to expand on that. This is from micro Speen, who is now 25. This is your birthday gift. So we had this meeting with people from Patreon, uh, and they just explained what their kind of top tier service was. And, uh, you know, kind of selling us on that. And we were a part of that for a while. It, it really didn't work out, uh, for a lot of, a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons. So we just went to a simple thing, but in that meeting, it was with, uh, with a couple of women who, yeah, they're giving us ideas about like, Hey, you can do this with, with the community. You can do that. And we just got this idea to do a baby themed thing. 
uh, starting with the babies in that birthday paradox video. And Kevin and I are sitting there riffing about weird baby names and baby situations and whatever. And at a certain point, we just looked up and those women were just sitting there like horrified. They were so <laughs> confused. They had no clue what was going on. So we were like, well, yeah, no. So yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> so, so would you like to join the baby it's gang? Kind of dipped. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> we just kind of dipped out. Um, but yeah, that was a kind of a funny moment. Uh, that it paid off because uh, infantry and baby gang is uh, you guys make it happen. You seriously do. And it's something I look forward to when I wake up is loading up discord and seeing what happened overnight in the baby gang. So thank you for that. This one is, it must be for you, Dan Uh must be for you because I can't imagine it would be for both of us. What is the longest time you've ever peed? Yeah, you just couldn't imagine that would be both of us. Um, no. You know, it's got to be it's got to be more than a minute, but probably less than five. And I I imagine in the in the circumstances <laughs> in the circumstances where you would <laughs> urinate for more than one minute and less than five, you know, any any it's number of things range. could be happening. And so that's probably as narrow as I can uh, pin it. I would say I actually really distinctly know my answer to this <laughs> about 20 years ago yeah about 20 years ago i was living in boston and i needed to drive to my parents house in new york to get my driver's license replaced uh and then be back in boston that night and it, it's about a four and a half hour drive something like that i was really zipping through i was going quite quickly which i don't do anymore but back you know, when you're younger, you do some of those regrettable things. And I realized that at the pace I'm going, I can make this trip in under three hours. So I, I'm i going along there and like maybe with an hour, hour and a half left, I, I really have to pee. Uh, I'm, I'm crunching the numbers. Can I afford to do this? How fast will I have to go to make up those three minutes? <laughs> it was not going to happen. There's no way that I could stop and do it. Uh, it was a borrowed car too. So I, it wasn't even an option that's like, yeah, I will just piss this seat and vacuum it up later. <laughs> no, like even the crazy options weren't Well, options. hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, is, is that an option with your own car? I'm, this okay. is news to me. <laughs> I mean, at least it would be my problem, exclusively True. my problem. True. I'm not saying it's a good option, but it would, you know, it exists. Uh, I made the decision to gun it and I thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. I got there two hours, 59 minutes. I made it. Wow. I, I, it was incredible. When So the problem is I, I pull up in the driveway. I couldn't get out of the car because I was in so much pain that just my body could not stand up because I had to go so badly. Um, when I finally did go, it I don't know how long it was. I can't even give you an estimate. But it was the longest of my life. Was, and it also was the most relieving of my was life. Was it more than a minute less than five? It was more than a minute less yeah, than five. Yeah, I think five. that's a so good I think window. that's the official answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this one legitimately is for you, Dan. What headphones do you have? I, I think the Arctis 5, AV7. I'm not sure. I think they were... Um, is, is that a company? Is that... A model or what? 
It's a model. I don't even know the company. I'm trying to look real quick. I think they were... Well, headphones are a thing recently. Um, I know Lars of the first podcast just recently bought a banging set. It was an incredible sale. Trev got them too. Some Sony headphones that are exceptional noise-canceling headphones. I have the Bose Q- QC35, the Quiet Comfort 35, and I do not regret that purchase. Uh, they make plane rides bearable. So I'm a fan of good noise-canceling headphones. These um these are Steel Series. I should have known that. Um, I bought them at the okay. start of 2020 for the new job I had was going to be <laughs> jokes on me. It was going to be part remote anyway, and so I wanted to get something a little okay. bit better than earbuds. Um, and little did we know I would have them on 10 hours a day. You're not alone. Boromir has the Arctis Seven. Mm, fancy. Also from Steel Series, so this apparently is a thing. APM got Soundcore Life Q30 this week. I think Ben has a pair of those. They are pound for pound, dollar for dollar, probably the best headphones on the market. And if you're patient, uh, if you're patient uh, with the price, those occasionally go on sale to a very, very reasonable price. So good job on the Soundcore APM. That is. That is banging. We've got AirPods, Astro A40s, Corsair HS70s from Andy. But yeah, James has AirPods. He's, he's on the go. He's working all the time anyway, so I can see where he would need buds. I do. Um, I have a pair of the original AirPods um, that I got with mm-hmm. the phone. I do, I do love them for a lot of stuff just to have even only one in the ear while running around the house. I think that's if you're in a small, relatively small dwelling. They do the job for most stuff that isn't uh, too hardcore. So I tend not to spend a whole lot of money on on purchases I don't need, and and a lot of electronic accessories fall into that category. Yeah. I did, however, and this is this is embarrassing but funny. Um, I have Galaxy Buds Plus, whatever the new version right. of Galaxy Buds is. I have the BTS fan model. I don't know why. I, like, I've never listened to a K-pop song in my life. I don't know why the BTS ones went on sale. I don't care. Like, it, it makes the little bean that they charge in purple instead of, you know, whatever color. I I don't even know what BTS is about. Um, but I used them last night really for the first time. I'm able to put them underneath uh, a face mask with ear protection when I'm working outside and being able to hear audiobooks using a chainsaw, whatever, without any safety concerns is fantastic. <laughs> that goes, that's a throwback to the highly specific advice. Um, yes. <laughs> you can use these while it doesn't apply to many. Yeah. You can use these while but safely yeah, operating the chainsaw. When I, <laughs> when I, when I leave my re my five-star review on those, it, it's going to be about, uh, equipment like that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Chinchilla wants to know if we've charged our birds. Have you seen his series of mechanical birds on Twitter? I haven't. Chinchilla, for people who don't know, they're not in the Discord. Chinchilla is a shockingly impressive artist. You got to see these. So he's been posting <laughs> these mechanical birds, and they they vary from things that you look at and you're like, oh, okay, that's a mech, that's that's a robot kind of thing, and then others are very subtly mechanical. So it's a lot of fun to see what they are. Uh, but I guess your birds are not charged then. Dan, oh my you didn't gosh, even know about this. I'm looking now and these are incredible. Aren't they cool? And I am on zero battery, unfortunately. With your computer? With, no, with, with my birds. But <laughs> oh, your birds. Oh, okay. But these are incredible. Yeah, we'll pop Chinchilla's links in the description 
because everybody needs to see this stuff. I need to retweet it more. Um, I am a proud patron of Chinchilla on his Patreon, and more people need to be because the art is banging. It's so good. Uh, so birds are not charged. They will be charged. Andy's asking about favorite aircraft. Do you have one? I don't know how much you know or do not know about all things air. I, I don't. This is embarrassing. I don't have a favorite aircraft. I can tell you my least favorite. Um, my least favorite is the oldest versions of the 737. I'm not a tall guy. I know I sound like a giga chad <laughs> to everybody listening. I sound like I'm maybe 6'8", 250 pounds, 2% body fat. I've never seen you, but that's what I, I would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like 5'9", right? I'm 5'9", so I'm by no means tall. And I have been on 737s where my knees jam into the seat in front of me. It's not good. Um, I was on one a, a flight to uh, Atlantic City, which was, it was a complimentary thing, so I wasn't paying, whatever. And it's a short flight. I was going to say that's, so what that's is that, a half a hour? Deal. Once you finally get on there? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like 52 minutes in the air. It's crazy. You spend as much time coming up and going down as you do in the air. Um, but I was on one for a longer haul from Ukraine to Armenia. And oh my God, do I hate it. Uh, so my favorite aircraft is the one where I have room. That's it. If I have adequate room, I'm happy. That's hard to find. I'm, I'm like you. I'm not. <laughs> you, yes. you would imagine I'm super tall, but I'm 5'8". And uh, when I sit in that plane seat and it's cramped, I just feel, I feel bad for myself. And then I feel bad for everybody who's uh, a larger human being. Yeah. It's a socially awkward thing to be like impinging on, infringing uh, on other people's space. Yeah. You know, so if somebody's next to you, like you don't want to fight over an armrest and all that, like for their sake. Uh, let's see. James asked if I've been working out. I haven't. I'm anti-exercise. I have been eating right, though, and I've begun to do actual work outside. So by the time VidCon hits in October, I believe it's October 21st, hopefully I will uh, be as ripped as the photo that Dr. MacArthur just put in in the chat. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about VidCon in coming weeks, coming months. Um, hopefully... Hopefully we do a create unknown thing there. Uh, we're we're trying for that, but we'll see how it works out. But we'll keep everybody updated and we'll talk about it. Um, I, I'm definitely going to be there. Um, Kevin should be there as well. So if anybody is going to attend, uh, if you're not in the Discord, jump in. Let us know. Talk to us. We'll figure something out. And if you're in the Discord, stay on on top of it. Talk to us about it. Um, Dan, this is for you. How many pounds of meat is in your freezer? Boromir wants to know. Um, went through a time where I tried to eat fairly vegetarian. Um, I would say, do you buy a lot of stuff in advance or are you not really a freezer guy? Uh, a little bit more during the pandemic, uh, but not really. Mm, yeah. I would say two pounds of meat in there. I think we've got a pound of bacon and, uh, maybe some ground beef okay. that I typically use for, Either some chili or some uh, meat sauce for spaghetti and things. Got yeah, it. yeah. You, you gotta. I'm have not gonna rival your 50 staples. pounds of freezer stash here, and I'm not gonna try to pretend. <sighs> no, I I organized my tuna. Anybody who follows me on Twitter saw this about a week ago. I, I organized my tuna on Friday night. Um, I have like 15 pounds of tuna, if not more. It's nuts. 
that'll get eaten. But yeah, that's not in the freezer. That's just, you know, stored as it's stored. But in the freezer, I'd say right now, uh, I did a massive buy on beef prices lower than it's been in seven years. So I stocked up. I have between beef, pork, and chicken, and little things like bacon, shrimp, whatever. Uh, probably about 70 pounds right now. <laughs> so that'll get me through the summer. I The summer. I have something to learn, apparently. Yes. <laughs> How many third graders? Elevensies has a good one. How many third graders could you take in a fist fight? I think I'm the size of a third grader. So, you know, I'm ho- I'm hoping for a good outcome <laughs> 1v1. <laughs> Frankly, I'm just hoping not to get my ass kicked 1v1. I think I weigh enough that I could like bull charge them and 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 like roll over a substantial number of them. I think I could wipe out like eight straight away. This is <laughs> Um, this is a very similar question. Chuckle Sandwich, I think, addressed this a few episodes back. They were they were fighting children as well. If you listen to that oh, podcast, that's right? Yeah, there used to be a web calculator that asked about it asked you like ten questions and then uh, told you how many kindergartners you could take in a fight. Uh, that's not available anymore. But I wish I remembered my number. But I bet third graders are not small. You know, like they're about eight. Um, Eight-year-olds are kind of capable. You know, kindergartners are not, but eight-year-olds begin to matter physically. Um, I think I'd probably top out at 12. 12. You know, fatigue is going to set in fairly quickly. I'm not a fine-tuned athlete. I can't last, you know, eight minutes of solid fighting. I couldn't last two. So So we've got some- 60 yeah, seconds between each wave. Questions. Yeah. Then, uh, then I don't know. I, I'm reevaluating my- physical fitness it's terrible from sitting around all winter i am useless so ask me in september when i'm a well-oiled machine ah let's see let's say i'm trying to find one from somebody who hasn't asked oh dan the latch are you ready for white boy summer and i'm hoping dan that you can tell me about what the white boy summer phenomenon is have you seen it on twitter when you say uh you're hoping that dan can tell you you're responding to dan the latch here or me uh, you know what? Either one. I met you, but if Dan the Latch can can give the definition in Discord, that would be cool. I can't figure out what it is. Everybody's you know tweeting memes about White Boy Summer, and a lot of them are funny, but I don't know how it started. Yeah, I'm hoping he can ping in as well. I you know to be honest, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Twitter. I'm more of an Instagram guy. Yeah. Well, uh, I will say that I've had uh, oh we got rules and regulations posted for White Boy Summer. I. I will say that I'm a veteran of them, having naturally experienced 38 of them. Um, didn't really have a name. I just showed up. <laughs> uh, Andy says, TCU VidCon win. Yeah, we really are going to go into more detail about VidCon as details pop. They only announced it about a week ago. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure it was going to happen, but it is. If somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's about October 22nd to 24th or something like that. It's a Friday through Sunday in October. It's in Anaheim. Uh, They'll probably have their Disney day on Sunday, which is cool. I will very likely come out for a few days before and a few days after. Um, Yeah, Andy's not unreasonably far from Anaheim, so he should be able to make the trip. Uh, Some people live right in California. That'll be cool. It's going to be good to see people. It's been, you know, it's been two years and two years in the YouTube world is, is an eternity. Are you going to try to make it out? Uh, I'm completely new to VidCon myself. Absolutely fresh. 
if uh, you said October? Yeah, yeah, late October. Yep. And you said just just bill you guys for the expenses? Yeah, I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'll yes. totally be there. Yeah, you'll get the corporate card in the mail and yeah, we'll, we'll just give you the pin and see what happens. Great. Yeah, no, I'll, 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 I'll see you there. Back very quickly to White Boy Summer. Uh, Dan the Latch has posted the rules. The first one is no plaid shirts. Don't be looking like a picnic table. Well, I've already failed and I will continue to fail because most of my button-down shirts are plaid. I hate White Boy Summer now. You made it to rule number one. Rule number two, sneakers, Jordans, Vans, no Sperry topsiders. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I also don't have sneakers, so... Like, I have a pair, but I never wear them. Elevensies is correct that flannel is the best. I like I like cotton. I'm okay with cotton. It's just got to be soft. But yeah, plaid, I'm literally disqualified in the first three words of the rules and regulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is directed specifically to Dan ah. from Dr. MacArthur. What are your opinions on MacArthur? I assume he means Douglas MacArthur. I mean, uh, it's the only MacArthur person... I can think of. I don't of. even know. Who, that who be, is that? Uh, he was a uh, general in World War II, responsible around, in the Pacific, uh, Philippines, around there, and then really kind of made a wave in the years after World War so, II. So, yeah, as someone coming to this completely fresh, a good wave, bad wave, I'm taking your entire <laughs> word for it. <laughs> don't Depends on who you ask. <sighs> yeah, it's really complex. Um, some people think that he was a no-nonsense uh, aggressor in a good way, the kind of person you'd want to run the military. Other people uh, think that he was a self-styled dictator uh, who could have eventually uh, organized a military coup against the the president. I mean, incredibly divisive figure. Um, yeah. So Dr. MacArthur in the chat puts this puts this really nicely. Good wave in the eyes of the public. He was wildly popular with the American public um, due to his success and style and everything. Bad wave in the eyes of Truman. And that was the problem. He clashed very strongly with Harry Truman over post-war policy having to do with the military. Interesting. So you got to pick a side. Are you pro-Truman or are you pro-MacArthur or are you anti-MacArthur? Nope. I'm going to ask for some slack. I'm going to have to do my research and come back to you. I will, I will not commit to this on the spot. <laughs> So you're pro fence riding. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> and uh, you know, chances are I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be back for a long, long time. So I'm just gonna uh disappear off into the sunset. Well, it's one of the more complex twentieth century figures, if not the most complex. Um yeah, it's it's really nuanced. And so when people in Discord do talk about their personal passions and uh MacArthur is one of Dr. MacArthur's interests. It's pretty neat to see the rabbit holes that they go into and what what they do with it. That's awesome. So keep talking, weirdos. We like it. Uh, this is good from Isaac. Uh, you got to pull up. You got to pull up the pinned comments here. I'm going to describe this for audio listeners. Disneyland is advertising a hot dog stuffed inside of. A what is it? I'm loading this. Oh, it's stuffed inside of a dill pickle that is fried and served with a side of peanut butter. So this has like a breaded crust on the outside, like a chicken finger or something. So you've got hot dogs surrounded by dill pickles, surrounded by breadcrumbs that you dip in peanut butter. This is on a stick. What's your position on this, Dan? 
So you've left out an important detail here that I'll call attention to. Again. The defibrillators are extra. They don't come included. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of a question whether or not you have uh, money to afford them. I I think I think I'm into it. I don't know about the peanut butter. I, I don't think I'm dipping it. I don't think I'm spreading any of that PB on this pickle. Uh, but I, otherwise, Isaac is working, I think I'm into it. I, yeah. He works uh, escape room stuff. He's got, he makes YouTube videos about escape rooms. Does 60 second escape room views. Very cool. Uh, he's into two things to the max. Disneyland, or di- all things Disney and uh, escape rooms. He's working now, and that's a shame because I want to know how much this thing that's is. That's a great question, too. I think there's a price. Yeah, there's a price at which you you buy this and eat it and a price that you pass on. What is your what is your price? So knowing that this stuff is generally marked up, well, can, we, can we agree on that? We're, Disney prices are not going to be cheap. And I've yeah. been to Disney in a long, long time, but, or even as an adult, technically, let's say sub, sub six bucks, I'm all into it. It's an experience. Oh, there's no way this is under six. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not buying it. You think? How, I would have said eight. Uh, that, that is on the fence. My guessing price. Because there's not a lot of, like if we're talking food here, like <laughs> nutrients, there's not a lot here, right? Unless unless you eat the peanut butter separately. <laughs> well, there's there's protein in the hot dog. And, and the that's peanut probably, and the peanut butter. So so I, I have a theory on this. This is carefully constructed to be palatable for virtually all people. Obviously, if meat is a problem for you, you can't do True. it. But there's nothing in here that violates kosher laws. If this if this hot dog is all beef, uh, you know, cash root to the max, it's good to go. There's uh, no dairy that it's going to interfere with. The peanut butter is fine. Um, I guess if there's a uh, if there's a dip for the breadcrumbs, then then you may violate, but, but it's actually acceptable for all sorts of, of eaters. That impresses me. Somebody put a lot of thought into this. I like that point. And another great point here, Dr. MacArthur, you know, back to that point, I've already gotten into Disneyland. What's another $2? My, my wallet, my wallet has been <laughs> ravaged. Uh, why, why would the I let that be the, the make or break? I hear that. I understand. Oh. It, yeah, I guess. Elevensies posted a cross section. Did you see this? No. Oh, it's glorious oh, when it's cut wow. in half. Yeah, we need to find out how much this is. If we do go to Disney Day at VidCon, I am going to eat one of these. I want to. I want to try it. I guess I splurge. I would thirteen. Ooh, is that confirmed? Is it thirteen dollars? Oh, oh, that's I a lot. Can't well, do 13. I can't do thirteen. I can't. That's where I I draw the line at thirteen. I mean, I draw it earlier. That's than a 13, lot of money for. A- yeah, I can't do thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I would max a pickle dog is $13. Wow. There's the uh, panko crusted pickle. You got to be kidding me. Um, that's a lot. I, I would have topped out at 10. Uh, but to the peanut butter part, I know that sounds weird, but many months ago, like in 20, might've been 2019, uh, Isaac talked about how good uh, peanut butter is on hot dogs and that it was something oh, that know. we all needed to try. So it must be a thing. It's a thing, I guess. <sighs> oh, pickle dog. I, I, I can't do 13. That's outrageous. This is a question that neither of us is going to answer. I'm going to throw it out there to show the depths of degeneracy. Speen asks, how big is your pickle dog? <laughs> yeah. We're going we're to pass on that, Speen. Sorry to ruin your birthday by not talking about wieners, <laughs> but here we are. Um, let me see. Let me see. Calling Ooh, for I, the I rest get of the Speen in the chat. There. Yeah. 
How was uh, the pee break that we took? It was adequate. It was good. It's always tough when it's rushed. You know, you got to get back to the desk, get back on the air. But I assume that that you had a five out of 10 experience as well. Yeah. I mean, the alternative was that I haven't invested in kind of a, uh, you know, a piss. What What is uh, Michael Reeves say? What What is it called? A, oh, a piss, piss jug? jug? Yeah, I haven't invested in one of those. So yeah. I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 because my alternative was not so great. I don't have a piss jug, so it wasn't going to be a good scene. It's literally a jug you don't throw away. You don't have to invest anything in this. All you have to do is invest a, a moment with your eye choosing the container that's going to stick around. Well, I don't have those containers hanging around. Yeah. It was a six out of 10, my experience. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Gatorade, wide mouth oh. Gatorade bottle is a popular choice, I think. Powerade, you know, all those things are popular with the gamers. And welcome to Tom Videoger, who has has made it. I know the time is tough with him. His vessel of choice is the Gatorade bottle. Right. It's confirmed. Tom approved. Uh, off the top of your head. Yes. If Tom approves it, that's that's a thing. Wide mouth Gatorade. Yes, that's right. Um, off the top of your head, you're doing the calculation, Dan. This is from Andy. How many days until June 17th? You've got five seconds. 60. Okay, go. 60. 60. It's got to be closer to 80 because what? April's 30... Let's say 30 a month, uh, April, May, that's 60. And then 17 then 31. Does May have 31 as well? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah, 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 it does. Uh, so that's 62. And then I only had five seconds. And then 17 is 79 days. That was harder than it should have been. I plugged that into, uh, uh, you know, the Googles, the Wolfram oh, yeah, Alpha. Did I get, is what I would put that. I got, into. I got it wrong because April only has 30 days. So. 78. God, what a useless. Oh, he, oh, they were trying to get us to say the gamer oh. number. And I think they, they miscalculated you rascals. What they don't know is on that piss break, we collaborated on this comment and uh, played dumb. <laughs> okay. We know exactly how many days until June 17th. <laughs> okay. But uh, Andy asks about if uh, we can get any voice actors on the show. Yeah, we've actually talked in the last few weeks about what we want to do in the rest of the year. We really want to broaden things. Um, musicians uh, would be awesome. There are a bunch of really cool possibilities there from uh, older people to newer ones. Um, voice acting, that's solid. All sorts of creative arts. They're really compelling stories across the board. So yeah, you're going to get voice actors and people in other fields are going to get their chosen, their chosen personalities too. Um, Dan can attest that we're in a little bit of a limbo on booking. We're trying to sort out a couple contractual things. Um, but yeah, once we get the green light, then we're kind of we're kind of going to blow it You're out. You're me in a weird spot. Uh, I can attest to it and I can't say anything more. Okay. And yeah, that's, it. But that's, that's it. That's All it. All you have to do is attest. He is not lying to you. All you He's not do, lying to you. You have to confirm that there are things you can't discuss, can but you have to confirm they I, exist. That's the, I can, the tightrope walk I can that confirm have. this fact <laughs> and that's all I can do. <laughs> but it's something that should deliver uh, 50 to 52 uninterrupted episodes over the next year and that's why we needed to take a very quick break because we uh you know skipping a, a week there it was a good time with vsauce to work but also the likelihood that we will skip a week in the future is incredibly low so we took it when we could and here 
we are. Um, yeah. Speen's got a valid question. We've only got a couple more. What's a guy got to do to get some salami in here? I haven't had salami in years. It's been a while for me. Has been years, but it's been pre-pandemic. Yeah, that was that was a that was I a pastime for me. We used to do that big time for school lunches. Uh, it's good. It's cheap. It's nutritionally, I love it because it's got a fair bit of fat. I love fat in terms of nutritional value. And it's got some protein, pretty high on salt, which I don't care about. Um, really solid in that sense. So I'm a salami fan, but yeah, oh, pepperoni is really where it's at. Ah, for me. Yeah. I, I have you lightweight. Hold up. You like salami and you don't like. No, pepperoni? no. I like pepperoni. Oh, OK. OK. Pro- yeah, I probably like pepperoni like, better, especially cut his lunch meat, like real thin and larger slices that you can mix yeah. in with other meats. Yeah, I'm into that. Oh, yeah. There's a, a company called uh, the Sausage Guy. They're out of Buffalo and they saw all the supplies to make uh, to make sausage, uh, which is, you know, I, I get sausage supplies from them. But I've never. I've never done curing of pepperoni or salami. I've never made it. And that's something that I would like to do in the coming year is really make, like put, put a good effort toward making pepperoni properly. So that you can yeah. bring it to VidCon. <laughs> I can bring the pepperoni to VidCon. <laughs> yes. Um, another food one. And this is, this is good, especially if you've seen the Vsauce 2 video with the toothpaste sandwich, which Kevin did eat. Um, Perfect com- uh, composition and preparation method for a toasted sandwich. Do you have any? I don't. And I have to admit, I haven't seen that video yet. I've seen the thumbnail, but as I understand it, it, it just, just came, came out. out. So you're excused. Um, I don't toast a lot. I'll, I'll toast an English muffin and that's typically what I'll do a, a, a breakfast Sammy on. But other than that, I don't, and, and a, and a bagel occasionally. Other than that, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of toasting myself. Uh, I will. I will say butter in a pan, then lightly, lightly toasted pumpernickel. Oh wow! Um, on both sides, buttery toasted pumpernickel, and then what I put in the middle of it. Honestly, just about anything flies with that. So yeah, if you can nail the pumpernickel and butter part, life is. So you're good. breaking on a pan. Ah, uh, yeah, I've always got one out anyway. Uh, here's one of the final ones. So this is also from James. This one's real. This is a, a heady question. Which is the worst of the seven deadly sins? Do you have a go-to? Do you have a go-to worst sin straight away? Sloth is one of them, right? As you're thinking about it. Yeah, sloth is one. I, I'm going to list out the seven here. What do we got? I had to look this up to make sure I got them all. Pride, greed, uh, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. I think for me, sloth, maybe. Why does sloth rank number one? I, I think it's number one because you can solve a lot of things while avoiding that. Um, I don't know. that. I, I, that's really similar to my answer. For me, it's envy because I think a whole lot of these other problems are a consequence of envy. Um, so it's, it's very similar in mindset. So you're saying sloth is bad because it, you, know, you can prevent so many of these other things if you don't engage in slothful behavior. Um, I feel similarly about envy. I think envy drives the worst of what we see on social media and political discussion and everything that sucks. Dan the Latch says envy too. Envy, we got some wrath Um, votes. Yeah, Tom says that is the uh, start of all wars. That's valid. Um, 
Wow. So I'm in the minority here. APM says sloth is his curse. By sloth. So we have several votes for wrath. We have two votes for envy and one for, let's see. Oh, no, we're about tied here with sloth and wrath. Mm-hmm. Pride, Andy says. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting as uh, these results come in. It's really hitting them all. I mean, it's spread across here. It's almost as if they're all bad. <laughs> it's, all, it's almost as if they're grouped for a reason. Let me put it this way, since they are all bad, and I think a lot of them are related. If there's one that you could avoid, like eliminate from your life, which one would it be? Or the possibility of it happening, which would it be? Uh, it yeah, I mean, I, I think that's boring, but maybe I think sloth. I don't know. Does it change well, for you? A lot of problems go away. No, I don't think mine change, but let me let me double check. Again, we got pride, greed, uh, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. A couple of these things are not major factors for me. I don't have much of a problem with gluttony, for example. Um or, or greed, that's not a, a tremendous influence for me compared to some of the others. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is, is one of those things where I feel like somebody who knows you very well should answer it yeah, for you. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because I, I look at this and I think, well, I, I, don't, I don't really envy a whole lot of people. I don't think about it like that. Somebody else with an outside perspective may very well be able to prove me wrong. so yeah yeah so ask your friends and family enemies maybe even what they think your deadliest of the seven sins are what you need to work on that would be what possible conversations could result from that what deep ones hopefully yeah sheep says expect an awkward conversation (laughs) i think that's that conversation is probably going to go sour unless you have an extremely comfortable relationship with a significant other or brother or sister or somebody who you have those honest discussions with. Everyone says gluttony. No, sheep. Everybody didn't say gluttony. Um, we, we were across the board. Andy brings up us talking about wieners. Maybe that is our latent lust or inability to talk about, about wieners as we were asked. Maybe that says something about us. I, I mean, our lust, well, either our way, lust stopped at a, at a price and it was <laughs> eight to ten dollars. Uh, that's true the gluttony stopped there now would we be envious of the person who did spend on the stuffed dill pickle i would be i would be if if i thought 13 is too much and i see some guy eating in front of me i would think like damn i want to think what what it must be like to think that this was a total go at 13 dollars. yeah yeah well i don't know if we can if we can top examining the seven deadly sins so this is probably a good time to wrap up. Dan, thank you for coming on on short notice. Um, Kevin will be back. We'll have a guest next week. This was pretty good. It's been it's been nice to uh, just be able to talk to everybody again. We haven't done this since dinner with the babies around Thanksgiving. I think we're looking at four solid months since we've just had kind of a hangout session where we talk a little bit about YouTube stuff, media things, uh, career stuff all the important things, and then the frivolous things, which I love. So I'm glad everybody got to uh, spend a little time with you, Dan. I hope I hope you enjoyed jumping on. I love this. I'll, I'll take pretty good. <laughs> that, that highly exceeded well, the, my expectations. The problem is that now in the next week, we're going to start talking to you about, 
about the podcast that you need to start yes. to have. So get the gears churning. It's going to get right on Chinchilla that. points out. <laughs> start thinking about it because you absolutely should have one. Um, Chinchilla reminds us all to charge our birds. That's good. I support that. Check out the links that we pop in, whether it's Dan's channel, Chinchilla's Patreon, uh, any of the others that, that we've mentioned. We'll put them in there. And we will be back next week for now. Oh, wait. No. No. Are you still there, I'm Dan? still here. Okay. Okay, good. There's, there's a final question. Dan, what is your fursona? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe we almost forgot this. Out of all the guests, I should know this was coming, or I should have had something prepped. You almost escaped. Oh, I don't have anything. You got to have something. Oh. You've got to have something. Here's, I'll, I'll stall for you Please. for a moment, because this is a real question. I know somebody, and was this... Oh, I can't think back far enough. Um, but somebody talked about whether reptiles count. Scalies, and we I think found we out that to it. yeah, scalies. Yeah, we found out that scalies are valid; they exist. So, do mechanical animals count as furries? Oh, Isaac is here. Good timing, Isaac. Um, so, something like, can you be a mechanical bird and uh, have that considered a fursona, like a mech, a mech thing? That could be a valid option. You're throwing me options that I didn't even consider before this exact moment. Um, so it's 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 cute that you pretend that you've never thought I haven't, about this. Um, <laughs> I've only taken notes from all of our guests about their personas, and this is the first time it's occurred to me that I need to have one on the spot. I'm gonna go with. Uh, <laughs> can I go with? I was recently on a a brief local trip. And I was trying to okay. photograph the Milky Way for the first time in any kind of nice way. And um, Interesting. Yeah. In the deep depths of the night, there was a beaver at the state park that has always um, scared me. You know, I'll be, I'll be setting up the time. Why is it scary? Well, because you? it splashes in the lake without notice, like very loudly. Oh, that sound is that slap on the water is a really unique sound. If somebody has we're talking 3 a.m., you know, I've adjusted light-wise. I've got the time lapse <laughs> trying to capture the Milky Way rolling, and you get hit with that slap, and I'm taking this thing off of a bridge. And so that slap is like underneath me. Oh, uh, but I really on that's this weird. That's unsettling. <laughs> it is. On this trip, I really grew close to that beaver and I got some pics. I'm gonna say a beaver uh, like I'm into that tail. I, I could imagine myself with that tail. Can is that is that appropriate? How I think that's great. And I, I am seeing a beaver that has like a massively oversized tail. So they have big tails anyway. But what if it's like three times the size of a normal beaver tail? Imagine the slap on the water from that sound. Epic. Bone chilling. Yeah. It, it would go for miles. Elevensy says they have pretty sweet homes. They, they do. do. They have great skills. This is not a bad animal. I'm surprised nobody's chosen it before now. Oh, wow. We're getting all sorts of beaver stuff here in the huh. chat. Yeah, we've got beaver memes. Hopefully, hopefully everybody here keeps it clean. We don't want the bad no, beaver no, memes. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty sweet though. Yeah, look, look, they're cool. They're fluffy. They're big. They look That's awesome. That's all I've got on the spot. That's as far as it, That's good. it has like uh, it. progressed. So your persona is a beaver. We can check back in in a year and see how, uh, see how I've uh, added some detail to that. When we check in in a year, you had better have the full fursuit you'll have attended conventions wearing it uh you'll have a name uh, i'm sure isaac can hook you up with with 
the people who sew those. I things. hope so. They're not cheap. Um, it's only like two thousand. <laughs> no, I, they're only like two thousand twenty five hundred. I think that's what he said. So sell a lens or two. Get a get a little scratch a together lens. and uh, start working on your custom. I make that two weeks suit. working for the Create Unknown. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, <laughs> this is where somebody needs to google like how long days are on other planets so we can uh, get the proper number of years of tcu work on earth all right well now that we've gotten the most important question out of the way it is time to close we will be back next week uh kevin will be back uh we'll have a guest We'll be back to normal. Thank you for sticking around, asking a million questions, doing the back and forth. It was good. And now I get to say this, that 85 times, 84, 85 times he said it and I haven't. I've never had to say it. See you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster crew who save tiny little lives every month. A tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang, Trevsdad, Boromir, Botdogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and Dojangles. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry, Jen Mefisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Monaghan, Ryan Kinder, Sheep, and Maruko. Thank you as well to our producer and editor, Ben Webster, and to our media manager, Dan Yosua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. <laughs>